It's episode 124 of the Auto What podcast. I'm Amon Bashir. With me is Rob Attrell and Keegan On. And our guest today is Tom Goldsmith. How's it going, Tom? Hey, it's going well. Sounds super excited right now. <laughs> it's going well. It's all right. It's all right, yeah. Well, one thing to get excited about is that we got some beer in front of us. Uh, what are we drinking, Rob? We are drinking a beer from, let me switch back to this other tab, Lost Craft, Lost Craft there it Beer. Is. This is <laughs> this is called Crimson, I guess, but it's spelled with a Z. Mm. So this is a red ale. There's actually not too much information about this thing on the uh, on the website, but I'm told it is like a, it's a traditional English style red ale. That's right. So uh, how's it taste? Uh, it, uh, it, the only thing I can describe oh. is it tastes like a red ale. Like it, it, it's it tastes not, red. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I was going to say that it just tastes like it, it. Yeah. It's like a red ale. It's, it's just it's good though. I like it. Yeah. It, like it's, it. it's nothing too complex. It's yeah. Well, well yeah, go ahead, Tom. What, what do you think? Yeah, no, it just tastes good. It tastes, um, just, just like a red ale. It's like exactly what I like yeah. in a, in a beer. Good. Yeah. Great. That's what we aim not for. Com- not complex. That's a good way yeah. to describe it. That's right. That's just, right. You know, it's like, good. Yeah. It's simple, not is good. It's exactly. It's, uh, I'm starting to appreciate simple again. <laughs> not to call not no, it's not it's not basic, but yeah, it's one of those. Things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Keegan, what do you think? You know what I like about red or amber ales <laughs> is that um, they are not super hoppy and they just have a slight sweetness to them that I am appreciating more as I get uh, older and more complex. You know, like it takes because I used to just like my favorite beer was Smirnoff Ice. It's like the most blunt, <laughs> quote unquote you know, beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah it just yeah. needs like sugar. But now I could, I you know, you can appreciate something that is a bit more has like a hint of of sweet, but it's not obviously it's not like you wouldn't say this is like a sweet beverage, right? No, no, that's right. It's it's uh it 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 just tastes like a red ale done right. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. cool. it's very coy. It's a coy beer. And I coy, like it. <laughs> interesting, <laughs> nice. All right, and Rob, what do you think? I'm just picturing Keegan Amat like liking a koi beer. Yeah, and he's, like, he's like, how does yeah. that work? It makes he's kind work of attracted how koi it is. I could see like, koi with a beer, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever that means. I do. I appreciate it. It does seem like they went out of their way to go. This is this is a red ale, and it's not. It's not trying to be more than that. And right. uh, but it's so it's solid and yeah, not not simple, but the complex the complexity is just what you'd expect from red ale. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, with that, we'll uh, drink that throughout the episode. Uh, so, Tom, while we're enjoying the beer, uh, we want to learn all about you and the stuff that you do, uh, including this awesome thing called Sadblock uh, that you've worked on that's out there that seems to be doing well for itself. But first, I want to learn a bit about you. So give us through your backstory. Where are you from and sort of how did you get to where you are? Yeah, so I'm so I'm from Ottawa or just outside Ottawa in, uh, in West Carleton. So I grew up in, in Fitzroy Harbor for... Uh, 17 years i think 16 or 17 years and um so yeah so um, if you don't know where fitzroy harbor is it's maybe 20 30 minutes just north of carp so it's still technically the city of ottawa i think because the because of the amalgamation but it's out it's out in the in the boonies though it's a great 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 place though um so yeah so then uh, moved downtown for um to go to carleton university where i took computer science so it's now been a few years the time seems to keep (laughs) flying by but i think it's been so it's been four years now since i graduated um, but yeah, so I'm, I just like all my life. So probably over 10 years now, maybe 11 or 12 years, I've been writing software, I've been building software. I've always just loved, um, just like, you know, just building stuff that, uh, that people want to use, right? Like just building things that are useful. Um, I don't know to not to be corny, but if it brings a smile to someone's face, like just like they, the computers are kind of magical, I think to a lot of people and sort of capturing that magic is, is a really, really fun endeavor. Um, so sure. yeah, so that's what I. That's kind of what I'm all about these days. And Makes sense. Yeah. So, so following graduation, and just because I, I've known you for a little while, mm-hmm. um, you know, there there are a couple paths that that somebody who graduated in computer sciences, for example, can take. Can you talk about the different paths that you sort of went down? Because I know you you went down a startup route for a portion. You went through down sort of like well established tech companies. Like, can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, I mean, I've so I've worked at a couple a couple. I guess bigger companies. So, so the really big thing in Ottawa is still telecom, telecommunications. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really really big back in the day, um, and there still is some of it around. So I've, I worked at a couple of telecom companies, um, a few telecom companies, and um, so I think maybe two of them now have been fairly large established companies. Um, well, actually, one of the people for the most part probably haven't heard of um, that one's called JSI Telecom, and they're out in Canada. Um, I then went from JSI Telecom to another company called Scenix, and that's C E N X, and they're just up the street here, actually, on uh, Bank Street by um, 
Cooper, I think. Right. Um, right. So they're they're sort of a, a newer company. They're I guess they were technically a startup when I was there, but there was maybe you know 70, 70 employees, which is just you know it's a it's a decent sized company, but sure. it's still you know there's aren't there weren't thousands of people or something like that. Um, and so that one was a, that one was a lot of fun. So Scenics was a lot of fun. That was probably the the place that really kind of started to define I think the uh, the shape of my career. Great. Met a lot of really really smart people. Um, and that's sort of, so I worked there for a few years then I went, I went off to another company in Canada and worked there for a little bit. And, uh, so in the last year or so though, I've, I went off on my own and I've been trying to work with some really small startups. Um, and so, I mean, the startup community itself is interesting, but in particular, it's not about working in like the startup culture or something like that, which has almost become sort of a, a fad or it's like, it's really hyped up or something. So it's Mm -hmm. not about the culture of startups. It's more about, I think the control you get when you, when you work at a very small company where you get to sort of have a really big say in what, in what gets built. And of course the ultimate control is if, um, is if you start the company. So it's if Mm -hmm. you can actually build what you want to build. Um, it turns out it's really hard though. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out it's really, really difficult, especially in software to really build something people love not just something people tell you they like, and then you know when, right. when it comes to actually using it, um, it doesn't really go. It kind of feels as, feels as out right. It's really easy to create something that just fills us out. You create an app or a website yeah. or a, something like that. So makes sense. Yeah, and so and so yeah. So one of the things I ended up building though was was SadBlock, which is what you mentioned. And yeah. there have been a few more things, but that's probably had um, like a little bit of success. It got featured on Product Hunt a couple of weeks back. And right. for those of you who don't know, that's a it's a company that's uh, I believe based in Silicon Valley, but at the very least, they're sort of the authority on like new new tech products. Yeah, and yeah. yeah new that. software and yeah, hardware. Just like, yeah, just, new, yeah, new apps and just like it's for the most part in the tech world, um, but it's essentially the authority on anything new. Um, so it was featured on there for a little while, and it it always sparks some great discussion. But sure. uh, so, so what is sad block? You know, uh, it's it's something that I I, I can imagine it's, it's something you're probably quite proud of. Yeah. Proud of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're blocking sads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so sad block is a is a Chrome extension, a browser extension, um, and what it essentially allows you to do is as you browse the internet, and it currently works on I think uh, I think it did three websites, so Facebook, Reddit, and uh, Twitter. So as you browse these websites, it's going to be able to hide stories. Um, so um, on Facebook, it'd be stories. On Reddit, it'd be posts. And on Twitter, it's um, tweets. So it'll hide stories that you see um, that you would have otherwise seen that you may not want to see. Hmm. And this essentially comes out of the idea that um, as we browse the internet today, the the end user, so the, the person who's actually browsing the internet typically doesn't have a lot of control over the types of things that you actually consume. And like for the most part, we don't really mind because like Facebook's algorithms and Twitter's algorithms, like they're all pretty good at curating content that we want to see. And, um, and the way that we see this is that um, we tend to spend a lot of time on these platforms and we click things a lot. And um, the, the problem, though, is that sometimes the things that we click are not really the things we want to spend our time viewing. So it's almost it's a bit of like a, a skewed sort of way of measuring what we're interested in by measuring how much we click on things, how much time we spend reading things. Because a lot of the time, for instance, you might just click or spend time looking at a headline that's very, um, very clickbaity. And like, mm, yeah. y- you may in retrospect not have wanted to actually spend as much time, you know, going down the rabbit hole of clicking through all these like <laughs> these headlines, right? right. Um, so in any case, so, so Sadblock is essentially a way to bring back a bit of control. Um, and so as, as the name implies, um, it started out with blocking things that are considered to be sad. Um, and so this really just means that like a post has um, a negative sentiment. So it's about a sad story or something, something that happened that um, was sad, I guess. Um, it tends to have about a 60 or 70% success rate. So it's not like 100%. It, it, it'll sometimes block things that weren't really sad or it occasionally misses things that are sad. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty good, right? Like it'll get the most like sort of egregious stories. Like it'll, it'll take them sure. out for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so define a, a sad story. What's, what's like? Yes, well, so. Or, or how, how did it even start? Like what, what, so, what was it? So the reason it started was actually, um, so my girlfriend, Lisa, she, um, she just kind of requested it, actually, because she found that as she browsed Facebook, um, I mean, she wants to keep using Facebook, and this is, I think, the situation a lot of people find themselves in. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to keep browsing Facebook and using Twitter and it just being a part of the internet and reading interesting things. But what started to happen was that a lot of really just just sad news. Like, I, I remember there was there was one, one day I, I woke up, I went on Twitter, 
and um, so I didn't have sad block enabled. <laughs> and um, the, the top the top story was something about like a double murder, like you know, in a, you know, some guy I, I think killed his wife or something in a parking lot, or, like right. in a Walmart yeah. somewhere in the states. And sure. it's it's just like you know, if if you wake up and that's the first thing you read, it's just going to put a bit of a damper on your day. Yeah. Um, so it's not like and, and so some people take it a lot harder than others. Um, I think some people might just put a damper on your day. Some people might not affect you. Some people it really does affect them though. Like it really does. Um, make them just feel sad for the rest of the day. Um, so I think I would describe sad block as being able to just sort of, if you can just avoid that type of stuff, even for a few hours when you wake up in the morning, you know, um, then I think it's kind of sort of done its its job at that point. Yeah. So it's really just trying to block the sad stories. Um, it does have a few other filters that you can enable. Um, so you've got things like, um, so well, I mean, one of the really big ones everyone always suggests is politics. Um, yep. So you, you can, there's a little button, you can click on it, it'll just block politics from Facebook and Twitter. It won't do, again, won't do all of it because it's keyword based. So I just put in all the, the, the really big politician names. You got your Trump and your Clinton and your Bernie Sanders, even though a lot of people like him. It's yep. still, it'll block him, it'll block everyone. Um, and you've got a couple other ones like, you know, climate change. I did a celebrities one as well. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> again, it doesn't block all of them. And it's just, it's just sort of, it just gives you some relief, right? Like it's just almost as though you had some sort of filter control right. over, uh, over your Facebook and, and Twitter and so on experience. Sure. Uh, when did, so when did the final product or when was it released? Uh, I think it was maybe, um, Maybe a month or two back now. Okay. Um, I started working on it. Um, I, I had a very, I had a brief vacation in uh, in Florida, and I, I decided to build it, build it down there. Um, it didn't actually. So it initially was not approved by by Google. Actually, I, I'm not entirely sure why, but I had a lot of I had a lot of difficulty trying to actually get them to put it on the, huh. the Chrome yeah. store. Yeah. But oh. but eventually they did it. I, I, I just, you know, I cleaned it up a few times and uh, after a few emails back and forth, they, they never really told me exactly what was wrong, but I just <laughs> kept changing things until it seemed like they were okay with it. Um, <laughs> so, see, that was a couple months ago now. And then... Maybe a month after that, it was featured on Product Hunt, and, and so that's really what drove um, the the current number of users. Yeah. It's only got like it's like 180, I think, users right now. Um, it's nothing huge. It's not a huge success, but um, it's still it's pretty decent. Like to get uh, almost a couple hundred people using something like that, it's it's uh, it's pretty neat to to see. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and and uh, you know what are the reactions been like? Yeah, so this is this is the fun part. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> the the first thing that most people say. Um, when you when you tell them that you know I'm going to let you block stories on Facebook, you either you get one of two reactions. Typically, you either get the people who are really gung ho and they're like, "This is amazing! I've been waiting for this." You know, I really I really hate seeing all this stuff on my Facebook feed and my Twitter feed, sure. um, and they just feel a sense of relief. I, I think anyway, um, when it works. Um, and then the other camp are the people who who sort of phrase it as though I'm enabling um, blinders on people. Um, because, I mean, the general That's attitude, I think, for a lot of people is that, um, you know, the average person today is not very informed and, you know, I'm, how dare I sort of, um, you know, fur further, uh, I don't know, uninform them <laughs> sure, yeah. as a way of, of putting it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so those are kind of the two camps. And um, it's, it really is roughly like a 50-50 split, I think. If you, if you end up going and finding it on Product Hunt, you'll see all the, you'll see all the comments. And some of them are really long, too. Like it's, at, the, at the very least, you know, I've hit a nerve. You, know, you, you can right. definitely say yeah. that. Yep. There's a lot of really big paragraphs from people who have opinions <laughs> about this. So, yeah. Well, what, what's, what's your reaction to that? Like, uh, how, how do you respond to people on either camp or both? Yeah, I mean, so of course I'm I'm thrilled when people love it. Um, of course, <laughs> and, and when people hate it, um, it's also actually it, it's actually not that bad. I, so I I'm, I'll, I'll tell a little story. I, I mean, I used to um, release iPhone games. I released a couple iPhone games. Uh, this is a few right. years ago now, but um, I remember that at one point I had this this game, that, and it, it was kind of like mediocre. Some people liked it, some people didn't like it, but it was kind of it was kind of okay. You know, it uh, it was an okay little game. It was a little tower defense game. Right. Um, but that, I remember one one time I, I I created what I thought was like an objectively better version of it. I had spent all this time, like probably a hundred hours of work, maybe more, um, you know, just like redoing the the, the graphics, um, the the game logic, like making it. There were more units you could deploy. There was just like way more way more stuff you could do in the game. Yeah. And I just thought it was better in every possible way. And then I released it. And I just got a ton of one-star reviews from people who were just like, I hate it. Like, this is the worst thing. How could you have done this to me? And it literally sounded like these people were saying I had just, like, turned their worlds upside down because this free game <laughs> was now no longer exactly what it used to be. Mm -hmm. 
So anyway, so, huh. I, so what I learned from that, though, was that if you get people to comment like that, it means that they care enough <laughs> about the thing that right. you've done to leave the comment. And uh, it's, it's perhaps a little, a little like weird that. to think about it that way, but that, that's kind of the way I think about it. If yeah. nobody comments, that means nobody cares. Um, but if you get a bunch of negative comments, that means at least you're onto something and you can probably mm -hmm. tweak it enough to actually get that one star back up to a two, three, maybe eventually a four or five. Yeah. Um, so that's the really interesting thing. So what I thought with sad block was that clearly people are opinionated, opinionated about this topic. Um, and so clearly there's something there and there's at least a discussion that can happen in order to... Um, you know, perhaps improve the product or maybe a spin-off product or, you know, if, if you bring up the topic, it's just, it's, it's typically fun to, to talk about. Sure. So there's other camps, though, so the ones who hate it. What I typically say to them is that um, I think I'm not, I'm not giving anyone blinders. Um, I typically compare it to something like um, changing the channel on the TV, um, being able to visit a different website. Um, it, it really is not about Facebook blocking content that you see, right? Like it's not about some authority deciding what content you see. Right. It's about you deciding what content you see from the website or from the authority. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different, perhaps, I think it's maybe a little subtle to some people when, when you describe it that way. Right. Um, but that is essentially the difference. And in my opinion, it's a very large difference because yeah. it really means that I'm controlling what I get to consume on the internet as opposed to somebody else controlling what I see on the internet. Yeah, so it, that makes all sense. So, so that's typically what I say. Um, I'm not sure if it's, like I'm not sure um, at that point if, I, I think at that point people just think that, well, you know, um, they, they would prefer if people had a little more perhaps news in their lives. Um, sure. I think we're inundated with it though. Yeah. I think there's yeah. just so much everywhere. It's really hard to get away from. And I think right. that's, that's the relief people feel. When yeah, yeah, I get that. And, and just out of curiosity, with Sadblock, can people customize to, to some extent? So you can't customize yet. That's definitely the, the number one requested feature. And then sure. uh, I'm hoping to, to add it as soon as I get time or if, you know, if people knock down my door to, to add this stuff, you know, I'll go and do it. Um, but yeah, so adding your own, your own uh, I guess key, I'm calling them keyword packs. So right. your own uh, sort of group of keywords that you would like to use um, to block certain, uh, certain stories. So okay. that's, that was, that, that's definitely what, uh, what would be coming up. Interesting. Hmm. And, and, and as of right now, what keyword packs are already... Yeah, well, so you've got the ones like I mentioned. You've so I mean, the initial one is the is the sad one. So that's not yep. it's not technically keyword packs. It's um it's it's in a a group of of logic called sentiment analysis. Um, okay. So it's, so it's not it's not straight up just like whatever keywords are there. I remove them. It's a little more complex, but you can think about it in terms of like if there are words that are typically like really heavily associated with being negative, yeah. um, they're far more likely to be removed. And then there's a, sure. a little, if you have a bunch of sad words and a bunch of happy words, it might balance out and it won't get removed, but that's essentially how it works. And so the other ones are, you've got the politics, yep. um, celebrities, yep. you've got climate change. And I did include... Oh, interesting. So, well, so, so this is another topic, right? Where, um, you know, of course, there's a lot of. It's it's not about it's not about um, trying to say whether climate change is a thing or not, and mm -hmm. you, that's a whole discussion, of course, for some people. It's more about the fact that, um, like, talking about the end of the world due to climate. Again, it it tends to bring on you know an existential crisis in mm -hmm. sure. some people. So that's another one um, that we block, and then also so just uh, so trigger trigger words as well. Again, that's it's another topic where a lot of people. Um, you know, can like to debate about the the efficacy of, of blocking things based on on trigger words. Right. Um, but again, it's it's heavily requested. So um, I'm all about you know giving. If someone wants these types of things, then uh, I'm more than happy to to add them. And then eventually, of course, I'm hoping people can add them themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. Tom, it seems like uh, some of these filters may have may require a lot of upkeep when you talk about like celebrities or politics. Is that uh, like how often do you update your filters, or is that something that you are uh, doing and so that's essentially where the I guess the hit rate comes from like in terms of uh, sometimes posts are not blocked by them so for sure so if you want to do all the set of all celebrities um, it's going to take a long time to do it right. um, <laughs> so, so it said so I've, I've tended to go for the um, the really the really popular ones the ones that I've noticed come up in my feed a lot mm -hmm. um, but this is where it's like if someone is really noticing that a particular celebrity or group of celebrities or, or politicians or, or what have you are um, are really impacting their their news feeds or their their 
Twitter feeds. Um, so for now, you can either you can you can send an email to me and I can add them in, or eventually, of course, I'd like to be able to add for you to be able to add them right. yourself. Oh yes, yes, yes. And so there are a couple of Chrome extensions that do allow you to just block things straight up based on keywords. I just found that they tend to be fairly. They, they feel like um, productivity tools as opposed to like a like a fun sort uh, of plugin. It's just like it. you know you, yeah. you can accomplish the same thing with a lot of them, but you kind of need to um, you need to spend some time sort of learning how things work. Right. But a lot of them tend to be very popular. So um, you know, so it's an interesting thing. But the one the one piece of logic that they all don't have though is this idea of the the sad the sentiment analysis for right. uh, for sad posts, which so is not. Yep. It sounds like it's not so much that the it's blocking sad content itself necessarily it's that it's blocking stuff that might make you sad well i mean so that would be like the ultimate <laughs> you know like sad well, if you if, tool, if, yeah. if celebrity news makes you sad or like you just don't want to see yeah, it yeah. then it'll take that out but it's not necessarily just taking out some stuff that's sad itself yeah and that, i mean that's yeah. definitely the direction yeah. of the tool and so, and so the, i mean of course the initial category is really blocking things that are sad but but i mean definitely like um i think you know politics uh, might make you sad for some people it's just mm. annoying but the yeah, climate right. change is another one that might make you sad yeah. um i mean some it's just like the things that are just you know we just wish that we could have some control over when right. we're browsing as good as the algorithms are for trying to recommend content to you they just miss sometimes and it's right. it's nice to be able to have some sort of say yeah. um i think as a sort of a sort of a wider trend in tech i would really like to see um I guess social apps and, and news apps start to add a little more of these types of controls. Um, it just seems to be the type of thing that people want. People want to sort of personalize, um, you know, have just have some sort of say in, in uh, what's actually being shown to them on the internet. It tends to be a very one-sided um, approach right now in terms of the, the people who build the product um, are, are the ones that have the ultimate say over it. And of course, like, that, like that's great. Like, you know, they, they offer us all kinds of... Um, all kinds of content that we would not have otherwise been able to see. But I think as, um, as sort of tech progresses, I think it might become important to just have some sort of content control, some sort of filter control um, mm -hmm. as, we, uh, as we consume these things. Interesting. Well, we're talking a lot about things that are sad. Uh, <laughs> so we'll uh, talk about things that are either will make us happy, embarrassed, frustrated, annoyed. Keegan, what's the weekend update? Weekend update. What's what's classic Ottawa? Weekend update is a segment we ripped off, <laughs> and we call it Classic Ottawa. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we have some news stories around the city that you may <laughs> or may not be interested in. The March for Science in Ottawa took place on Saturday. As expected, there was a large showing of scientists and an even larger showing of wedgies. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> Uh, a wild turkey was spotted in downtown Ottawa last week, turning many heads. The bird was apparently applying for a job at Gobble Affairs Canada. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a bad joke. No, but, but there is a place called Global Affairs. So yeah, that's so that's what, yeah, I had yeah. to look it up. I had to like scan for like half an hour. Uh, but there, that gobble is the only word that is kind of associated with turkeys. I was trying to think of like another Other turkey like Thanksgiving. Pun. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's it. Department of Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's <laughs> less yeah. funny. <laughs> I'm sure. Did you just explain the joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what other turkey word is there besides you, gobble? You could have just moved on. Nah, That's yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> All defensive. Yeah. Uh, the Ottawa Senators have advanced the second round of the NHL playoffs. Fans are ready to continue the age-old tradition of celebrating 25 kilometers away from the arena. <laughs> That's fun. You, you actually measured off. that. Uh, I don't watch a whole lot, but, you know, know, I'm, yeah. So I also don't watch. I watch like playoffs sometimes. <laughs> sure. Sometimes if it's not in the in the bar or something. Yeah. You know. yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Finally, everyone loves hockey on this podcast. They're like an outcast every time. Um, the city of Ottawa has refused to say when the LRT will open in 2018. Although the contract states that the expected date of completion is May 7th, sources close to the project say to expect the train to be functional closer to November 31st. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> little date humor for everybody yeah, thanks <laughs> thanks everybody loves that <laughs> and finally uh following the craze of the netflix series 13 reasons why the ottawa catholic school board is advising teachers not to use the show as a teaching tool the board clarified its position stating that they aren't worried about a rise in suicides but a rise in crappy dialogue between teens <laughs> <laughs> and that was the news this week <laughs> in All ottawa right. thank you keegan it's like 13 reasons why i've never seen it no I, I, seen I, it. I it's it's all the craze right now you know this yeah. time I haven't, I haven't watched it yet no i did see that it, it came up just recently mm -hmm. but uh no i didn't really look into what what it was about but mm -hmm. have you i did i watched the first episode what what what's the deal with this show uh it's a girl who kills herself 
great in high school. Okay. And then she Did you say great. I was like, that's yeah, a great, yeah. great, that's speaking, a great start. Of things that aren't sad. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, yeah. Bonnie's on board. <laughs> and then she leaves all these notes, uh, these like cassette tapes, for uh, people to listen to, and she records them, explaining like the thirteen reasons why she did it that's what that means yeah yikes it's, uh, yeah it's kind of like not very good so no. <laughs> sorry the show's not really good or the concept or both both the, the, di- the dialogue i guess is not great. yeah the dialogue, i guess yeah. yeah that joke only makes sense <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah yeah. yeah and and, and did, did i see something about this is like it, it's about blaming other people is that what's going on yeah here? so she has like 13 people like 13 reasons and she like gives the tapes to people who were instrumental in her, dis- who forced, who drove her to it allegedly. Hmm. Yikes! Okay, yeah, that's that's heavier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah way yeah. heavier. People, All right. Uh, I can see why it's in the news a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, yeah controversial to be well, sure. Yeah, especially in schools, yeah. I guess. But uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, I actually just saw. Oh, I should say actually. Never mind. <laughs> I saw someone at a school who was who had like a PDF on their computer, and it was said. Like thirteen reasons why for educators, so it's already like oh interesting. A, a well, it was a book before, right? Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the Netflix series is new. Oh, but it's right. been so a book maybe, that's out for a while. Yeah, so it, maybe the concept has been maybe. around. It was yeah. based on something real though, or or do you know? Or uh, I have no idea. It was no, not. It was just, it was just okay. I read a synopsis of the okay. book because I didn't want to watch the the, uh, the series. <laughs> okay, and it's uh, it's just some guy. Oh great! Okay. Some guy who writes preteen novels. Okay, cool. yeah, there's a market for that. So you keep yeah. saying. Like you said, cool just now. Yeah, you're really. I, why? Why? Is it cool? No, you're oh, okay, you say cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's just. I just like, say cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's all right. Things are cool. All right. <laughs> so, Tom, you're from Fitzroy Harbor. I am. Yeah. I might have been there once. Sell <laughs> yeah. Fitzroy Harbor to me. It, well, you know, I think the biggest attraction at Fitzroy Harbor is the Fitzroy Provincial Park, which is probably one of the the nicest beaches and and parks that are in Ottawa. Okay. Um, so it's a really, really nice beach there. Um, the park's nice. You can go camping there. Yep. Um, I went camping there last summer. Uh, it's just like, it's just like a nice, a nice spot, you know? Okay. Um, mm. We had, I think, um, so we actually had a lot of land too, which was really nice. Um, I think it was like over a hundred acres or something. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Well, mm. it used to be, so it was my grandfather's yeah, yeah. farmland and, sure. and so we uh, had all kinds of land, all kinds of forest and um, I used to love playing paintball in the forest. That's one of the things nice. I miss. Nice. I think I miss that the most. <laughs> there. Yeah, the free paintball. Because you got to go and pay 50 bucks or, or whatever right, it is. Yeah, yeah it's places, outrageous. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you really want to do it, you can. And I guess it's worth it if 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 you make it worth it. I just, I guess. that's what I miss most, though. But when you have all this land. Yeah, your own. well, yeah, for sure. It, it was it was a lot of fun. And sure. then, yeah, so the, the beach is great. The park okay. is great. Um, it's a nice little town. Haven't been there in a few years. But, uh, you know, it, it is, it's a very nice place, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely the provincial park. If you haven't checked yeah. it out, go for it. Actually, Keegan and I went this past summer as well. Yeah, not just yeah. camping. And I, other no. Also <laughs> what? Yeah. It has to be more than just us. Why can't we go? Yeah, we enjoyed the beach yeah. together, did we not? Nice, yeah. Okay. I, I used to have a job driving to every library in Ottawa every week. And uh, one of them is at Fitzroy Harbor. And that was like the, oh, wow. the furthest one I yeah. had to go to. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> There's an Ottawa public library in Fitzroy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. technically part of Interesting. Ottawa. Yeah. Okay, the more yeah. you know. So, you know, the park and the library also is yes, great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes. there used to be, a, it was a place called Penny's Fudge Factory. I it, I don't know if it's still I there. Think, I think we drove past that. That, that, that name sounds it, familiar. But you never okay, know what yeah. those signs like. If the, yeah. Yeah. Again, there, just right. haven't been there in years. But yeah. it, anyway, it used to be great. It, it used to be this this really, really great fudge. But yeah, uh, yeah. it was a nice town, nice place to grow up in. Mm. Right. And it was, it was definitely a bit of, um, I don't know if culture shock is the right word, but it was <laughs> yes. a bit of a shock to move to Canada. Uh, so, so I spent one year in Canada um, before I moved downtown to uh, to residence to go to Carleton. Yeah, and that was it's just very it's very different. It's very different uh, living in the suburbs versus versus the country versus downtown. I guess mm. they're all very different. Sure. Um, but yeah. Do you, Do you have a preference? You know, right now I really like living downtown. Okay. Um, so second would be the the country. It, I mean, the problem really is just that right. you, you have to drive everywhere. Canada. Yeah, Canada. <laughs> second place. <laughs> second Sorry. place is. Go ahead. Uh, you, you just have to you have to drive everywhere when you're in the country, right? Yep. Um, of course. So that's just kind of the that's the only real. I mean, if you could have like this like nice big property, of course, downtown, like who wouldn't want that? Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that'd be great. It's just you know it's it's out in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I like living down. I like living downtown. Okay. Canada Canada was okay too. Um, the 
Canada is sort of in the range where it's like you can have slightly bigger properties. You can still have a backyard and, and a barbecue, which is a really big thing that I also miss about, uh, I guess, Canada and the country. You can have barbecues downtown. Oh, well, I don't have a balcony, though. <laughs> oh, right? I, guess, I don't have anywhere to put it. Okay. Like, I'm just in a little a little apartment somewhere <laughs> sure. on Bronson. So, you know. Well, um, sure. You could own a barbecue, Amon, I guess. You're right. <laughs> yeah. 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 You own a barbecue. You can own it. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, so so Canada, yeah, it's just uh, you know having worked in Canada as well, it's uh, it's just it's a little out of the way okay. for uh, for some. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, now that you're downtown, and we we like to ask our guests this every now and again, like everybody comes up with a different take on what the perks are about Ottawa in general. So downtown or not, what are some of the key spots that that you would tell? Well, there's a lot of tourists coming for Canada's 150th. Yeah. So if one were listening to this podcast. What are some of the musts? Um, you know, I th- I think probably the ones so I mentioned this um, maybe before when we were talking, but um, the Defen Bunker out in Carp. I don't know how many people know about it now. I think it's got a lot more popularity today than it used to. Sure. Um, but I used to work there again, maybe like ten or eleven years ago now as a tour guide, and it's a really really impressive part of Ottawa's history and something that I think a lot of people don't know about. And so this is the Defen Bunker out in Carp. Um, again, just outside Canada, and it's an old Cold War bunker built. Um, oh man, I can't remember all the facts now. I think it was 1959, though. Okay. It was built for John Diefenbaker, who was the prime minister at the time, and the idea was just that it was um, a bunker for them to go to. It's so it's underground. It's a four-story bunker, 100 feet below the ground, and um, in the event of a of a nuclear war, this is where the prime minister and um, uh, I think it was 400 and. 65, something like that, other people wow. um, who are all sort of, of, co- of course, more important than we all are. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, one tour guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one tour guy. Uh, so this, this is where they all, they all would have gone in the event of a of nuclear war. Ironically, the year it was opened, I think, again, 1961 or 1960, it was 1961, I think. Um, the year it opened, it was obsolete in terms of the capabilities of nuclear weapons at the time. Right. Uh-huh. Oh. So the year it opened, it was built to a stand, I think it was something like a five megaton blast at, uh, you know, 2.2 kilometers or something like that. Right. And at the time when it was released, there were already bigger bombs that could hit right. within less than 2.2 kilometers. That's so if they knew where you were, and the Russians probably did, uh, they could hit you. Hmm. But anyway, so it's a great it's a great place. And I think over the last 10 years... <laughs> it's not safe anymore, but it's great. <laughs> well, well, it's a tour, yeah. it's a, no, it's it's a tour yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. attraction now. But, <laughs> of course. Um, so I think it's only improved over the last 10 years or so. They've turned it into a real, as far as I understand, like a, a world-class museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the time, it was kind of a ragtag team of teenagers sort of giving tours and uh, me in broken French trying to, you know, <laughs> get, get by. Um, but you know, no, I think uh, if, if I was to tell anyone coming into town, that's definitely worth checking out. It's something you won't find uh, a lot of places in the world, you won't you won't find a place like that. So, right. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not bad. Yeah, they they also have a, an escape room in there, or at least they they did for a they long time. They did and will yeah, again so or something. I, I like think that? they're going to change it. From, yeah, different. From, yeah, like that sub really, floor to sub floor. Or that really must be like the ultimate escape room. Like, right. I, I, I didn't do that, but that sounds really clever. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's no surprise why they did it. Yeah. Absolutely, that's cool. Okay, yeah. anything else on your list? Uh, actually, speaking of escape rooms, I don't know if this how popular these are elsewhere, but there are a bunch cropping up in Ottawa now too. And they really are. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. It's again, it's just something different, right? It's it's not your usual go to a bar, get a beer. There's just I think this whole like trend of sort of um, I don't know what they're called, but like a, adult like games or activities yeah, yeah. Uh, is becoming a thing. Especially if you combine them with beer, they, they, oh, that's <laughs> key. they tend to yes. be a thing that crop up. Totally. Yeah. So uh, the, yeah, the escape rooms are a lot of fun as well. I think I'm going to one this Saturday as well. Oh yeah, very cool. Okay, decent. They should do an escape room. Where you find beer? Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. That would be like that would be incentive for me to go. Just a, a two four in like behind a curtain or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Make it really easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just a bar with a curtain, and there's yeah. a two four behind it. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, so so I, I want to get back to some of the, the the tech work that that you know either that you're interested in or that 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 you've done. Um, I know that that this has sort of been. I know you're not really working on this anymore, but you had something called Browser Buddy. Mm-hmm. And just like, first of all, can you can you walk us through what Browser Buddy was? But I know there's some kind of link, or you mentioned that there's some kind of link with fake news. I'm really curious yeah. to see where 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 that that leads. Yeah. So I mean, in um, I think we're probably all aware, but over the last year or so, the the idea of of fake news has really really started to become a thing, in particular with the president of the United States using the the term over mm-hmm. and over. Yeah. Um, so. So at the time, and this is maybe you know late last year, so I don't know in the winter or fall of of 2016, 
Sure. Um, I just started to think think about the the problem and and how you might solve it. Um, and so, of course, like the obvious solution, I, I think what is the obvious solution for most people is what Google is now doing, which is to do fact fact checks. Um, so Facebook actually has also um, released, I, th- I think they've released it or they're about to release it, um, some, some tools that just sort of are supposed to sort of guide their, their readers or their users in, I, I think in Facebook's case, it's more about like before you share something, it might do, put a little pop-up that says, just so you know, um, the thing you're about to share has been disputed by third parties. Right. And of course, this has pissed off a lot of people yeah. who, who, <laughs> who tend to share these types of stories. Um, and so Google's done the kind of the same thing and, and it just sparks all this outrage. But so, so what I was thinking though, so, so originally I was thinking about a fact check tool. I think that fundamentally the idea of trying to bring in like, um, a piece of software to do a fact check is probably not the way to go. Um, simply because like, I think when, I don't think there's a problem of people not knowing when things are factual. I think the whole problem is that, um, um, perhaps on both sides of the argument, but at the very least on one side, they b- people tend to think that things are factual. And if you've ever seen, you know, um, your friends or your family arguing on Facebook, you can see immediately that there's no dispute right. over, like, you know, whether something is factual or not. Right. Um, or, or rather, when one side thinks it's factual, the other doesn't, and then you just you just discredit each other's sources. Yeah. And the real problem is whether or not you believe the same sources are good sources of truth. Right. Um, and so, so anyway, so, so what I, what I thought I, I, I came upon that. And so what, what I tried to make browser buddy into, uh, again, another Chrome extension, um, sort of this Chrome extensions are this new thing that I, for, for me anyway, that mm-hmm. I had never really built one before. And I decided to build a couple. So what I thought I would do instead was to build something that, um, it's not supposed to tell you whether something is true or not, but instead just sort of guide you as you, as you browse the internet. So this is where I got the idea, like the name Browser Buddy. I, I just thought that it was, it could almost act sort of like a tour guide for you as you go around the internet. And the idea was sort of like, as you go to a website, you can open Browser Buddy, the Chrome extension. And it'll just give you, it'll give you information about the website, as opposed to telling you this website is making a true or false claim. It will tell you when it found a Snopes article that it thinks is related. It'll tell you if the website appears on realorsatire.com. Um, but it'll also give you things like the, um, the terms of service, the privacy policy, um, you know, things like that. And mm-hmm. so, so the idea for me was just that, um, just provide people with a, a bit more information and they can decide what they want to do with that information, but just make sure it's available. Interesting. Um, so I would say two things. So the first is that a lot of the time when we visit websites, it's really not clear um, sometimes where the sort of about page is or you know, who is the person behind the website or the organization behind the mm. website. Yeah. Um, are they for profit? Are they not? Is it a satire site? Man, the whole satire site thing, like that's a really big thing. Yeah. Um, I, so initially when I did Browser Buddy, um, I, f- I found a, a list from BuzzFeed um, which was a list of the top, I think it was something like, you know, in BuzzFeed fashion, it was something like the top 50 um, hoaxes of like 2016 or something. Sure. And the funny thing was that um, when we think of fake news, we all tend to think of like, you know, um, someone making a false claim intentionally, right. you know, or, you know, it's like something that's that something that was actually not true, some piece of news. Sure. But what actually I found was that I think it was well over half, maybe even close to 60 or 70 percent of the hoaxes in 2016 were simply satire sites that right. that people, they just fell for them. Like, they were just gullible, right? Right. And the thing is, when you're reading a lot of these these uh, articles, they, I mean, they're, they're hilarious, of course, if you know sure. that they're satire. Yeah. It's just that you don't realize they're satire, and, and then you share them, right? Yeah. And so there were just a lot of these from really, not, it's not like The Onion, it's not, uh, I mean, The Beaverton's another great yeah. one, yeah. Um, but it's, it's some of the lesser known ones that are satire sites, yeah. but if you don't in- immediately know they're a satire site, and you aren't a person that reads the about page of every single website you visit, right, right. you're going to be fairly prone to, uh, yep. to, to share this kind of stuff, yeah. so... Um, so yeah, so browser buddy is just supposed to sort of um, just help you out there. So it'll tell, it'll it'll also try and figure out if something is satire based on certain keywords on right. the about page. Yeah. So it tries to do this all sort of automatically. But um, I did I did take it down because um, it was costing me a bit of money on the server side, and I, I decided, right. yeah. you know I just <laughs> I figured I'd take it down for now. But That's right. uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, so I mean, I, I just from what you're saying, I can imagine that this is probably something that happens often enough that you you know pour pour yourself into into a project and at some point in time you either you cut it or you just sort of leave it be or you do whatever and you you mentioned that about your tower defense game and, yep. and you mentioned that about and i think that's just the nature of the work yep for sure. uh so so are there any projects where like right from the get-go you, you, either you said all right i'm just this is gonna work right away or <laughs> or is there something that you wish you got to you know continue working on that 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 maybe for whatever yeah. reason you stopped um i mean you know what 
every single project I, I build, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be great right away. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of the, you know, I've, I think that less and less these days. But, you know, that's, oh, no. right. that's the, uh, but, I mean, I think you kind of have to have that positivity, though. Otherwise, there's no point. If you think that everything you, you do is going to fail, I mean, it's kind of depressing. And uh, yep. so I think I think really the way it works is that, um, or the way that I, that I think it, it works, is that you kind of have to just do these types of things because you like it. Um, and so, and so that's what I've done. So, so I tend to build these things because number one, I tend to think that they're useful for at least one person. Um, and number two, I, I really like doing it. Um, and so, I mean, with the server thing, I didn't actually shut down the server. I just tend to repurpose it for something else for the next project. Um, you could argue that I should probably put a bit more time into some of these projects. So something like browser buddy, um, it, 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 could be very valuable. Um, I just didn't find anyone who I could convince of that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, who knows? You know, I mean, this is the other thing about this doing this kind of stuff. You have to kind of introduce the serendipity somehow. Yeah, you have yeah. to kind of put things out there, or else definitely no one will ever find it valuable if you don't build right. it, right? Or if yeah. you don't tell anyone about it. Um, yeah. In terms of projects that I wish I'd continued working on, um, there was one in uh, in 2012. This was this was one called Pick One Interactive. Um, so was that five years ago now? This was over the summer of 2012, and um, it was myself and uh, and actually a few people might be listening on my from my Facebook friends. Um, but so Pick One was an iPhone app or just a mobile app, I guess. Um, and the idea was that we were going to sh- so we were going to aggregate up uh, so we we're going to collect a bunch of pictures um, from around the web at the time. And so it could be from your Facebook feed, it could be from from your Twitter, like whatever else existed at the time. We were just going to collect a bunch of pictures and stuff we thought you might be interested in. Yeah. And then we would show you two, both of them on screen at once. And the idea was that you would just spend time while you're on the bus or whatever just tapping things you like and things you don't like. So it was just two things in comparison with each other. And, um, and you, you just pick the one you like more. And what's interesting is that although it's not exactly Tinder, <laughs> there are similarities. So, and because of the way Tinder gets compared to like Hot or Not, I think it was. Yes. Um, perhaps it actually is more in, in yeah, common yeah. with that. Sure. But uh, it was interesting because at, at the time, um, there was a lot of interest in it. And we actually didn't shut down because no one liked it. We actually did have a lot of people who who did like it. Um, but we shut down, and this is the part I regret, is um, we shut down because we found a patent that Microsoft had filed. I think it was, I think it had like, it, it was like, you know, we had been working on this all summer. And I think it was either early or late July, um, it was late July. We found a patent that Microsoft had just, like, you know, just just off the. It was just this fresh patent that Microsoft had done, and um, it was basically exactly this idea, wow. um, from what we could tell. So I mean, it wasn't like it, their their claim wasn't a social media app. It was more something that you would put in like a, a store, and you could put two products side by side, ah. which which coincidentally would have been the monetization strategy for right. Pick One. Um, but so, yeah, so we found this patent that was like eerily similar to ours. And so we kind of had a decision at that point, and, and I think we made the wrong one, but the decision we made was to shut it down and move on to something else. So we called it Inception Lab, and um, it was sort of a, a community for entrepreneurs. But I feel like that's, that's sort of what entrepreneurs do when they can't think of anything else. They, they create a community for entrepreneurs. Or that's actually right, not just entrepreneurs, yeah. but when you can't sure. think yeah, yeah. of something, you just create a community for people like yeah. you, yeah. which Podcasts. actually does work a lot of the time. But, yep. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, so then, um, so who knows what would have happened if we didn't shut it down, right? Um, sure. I, I think yeah. so that's, I think that's sort of the key with a lot of this stuff, right? But it's really hard to decide at the time because we thought that we were just going to get sued by Microsoft. Yeah, and if yeah. you get sued by Microsoft, you don't win. <laughs> but what I would say is that looking back, you should wait until you get sued yes, by Microsoft exactly. and, and then, then desist. Right. Uh, or see if you can, uh, I don't know, see if you can play it out. Cause you could then be the guys that got sued by Microsoft, you yeah. know? And then that's, I don't know, you can ride that wave for a bit, mm. yeah, something right. like that. Um, <laughs> But yeah. Resume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got sued by Microsoft. Yeah. LinkedIn yeah. That's profile. an interesting story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe get hired by them or something. LinkedIn sure. is owned by Microsoft now. I think so. Even yeah. better. Yeah. Was, uh, I think it was like forty-three billion or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, too much. Wow. But yeah. Well, so and everyone always says like these things are, are, are too much. It's really interesting when you look at it though. Um, so I, I can't comment really on LinkedIn. <laughs> Maybe that is too much. But I'm thinking about places or companies like WhatsApp, for instance. Yeah, yeah. One billion from Facebook. And at the time, a lot of people said like you know one billion for this thing. It was like something like fifteen months old or something. Right. But if you look at like the growth trend of something like WhatsApp, yeah. um, what it did is it, it got, um, I think it was actually like a, bi- it was like a billion users or something, wasn't it? It, it, it was a it, it was yeah, several hundred million number, anyway. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a billion now. But um, if you look at the growth trend for an app that's able to collect that many users in such a short amount of time, um, it's really, really indicative of how valuable it is. And right. one billion, um, so some people... 
um, that I've that I've listened to or, or read have said that I mean Facebook actually stole it because for that, oh, yeah, for that price yeah. for because it, it creates what's called a network effect when you have something like WhatsApp and what that means is that um, everyone that uses the app yeah. uses it because everybody else all their friends use the app which is the same thing with Facebook right yeah, so yeah. so you use these things because everyone else is using it and in order to introduce competition you have to get everyone to stop using it which is exponentially more difficult as you grow the user mm -hmm, base so if you have a billion users using your app and are actually engaged with it every single day you know opening it up multiple times a day um, that's it's really really valuable and and so that's why that's why Facebook purchased that and so LinkedIn is another social network with a, again, you know, it's 42 times, I guess, more costly than yeah. WhatsApp at this point. Right. But, um, but it's still the same thing where it's like if you wanted to introduce competition to LinkedIn, you better have a good idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You better have some sort of competitive changer. advantage. Otherwise, like LinkedIn is just going to grow and grow and grow. Mm -hmm. right. um, and what you, what you really have to do is make something like LinkedIn obsolete. You can't, like, there's there's another um, an, another quote from, a, from someone I really like, um, listening to his name is Peter Thiel. He was one of the PayPal co-founders. And um, what, uh, and so anyway, so he, he so he, there's, there's all this, um, all this, uh, like this, all these ideas are, are really great. And I think these tens, these types of things tend to get really, really undervalued. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now, just out of curiosity, because the, the one main example that I think a lot of people go to uh, are, is that shift in, in terms of a social media website from MySpace to Facebook. Mm -hmm. So just out of curiosity, what are your thoughts in terms of what, what changed the game that, that allowed Facebook to sort of penetrate what was the beast? Yeah, so, so Facebook was the first social media site that really put an emphasis on real world, um, your real world persona. Um, so, I mean, mm. you, you could technically, I never really used MySpace, but from what I, from what I do remember and what I understand, um, it wasn't really about getting your friends and families online. It was about more mm -hmm. of like an online community. So yeah. Yeah. like more like with more of a strangers, you might have, you might've had some of your friends from, from real life, but it was, yeah. Facebook was the first one that really put that emphasis on it. And, um, that's sort of what changed it is that it, it just sort of became a question of like, you know, someone would ask you if you're on Facebook and if you weren't on Facebook, you Right. On yeah. Facebook. Everyone's on yeah. Facebook. Interesting. Yeah. MySpace never really got that though, and um, I, I'm sure there's there's a whole bunch of reasons. I I, I would have to look into it more, no, but um, but I think that's sort of the main one is that Facebook was the first one that really made it feel like you were. I mean, you were just talking with real people. It was it was it wasn't something that you could sort of escaped to maybe at the end of the day or yeah. maybe not escaped to, but something that you sort of used at the end of the day, sort of like a video game or something. Sure. It was a real world. It really felt social. It yeah. really felt like you were you were just continuing the conversation, sort of like, right. like MSN Messenger. You guys are all yeah. familiar with that, right? It, it's you're talking with real people. And, and MySpace, I think, never felt like that. It's a good um, point. And so, yeah, so that's that's where Facebook... Interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah, so that's why, I mean, Facebook it was... Is and you know in the movie it's called like the, it's the social network and it's because like like it really is like the, I mean I think it was even um, in the late 90s there was there was something called I think it was like literally called social net uh, again I, I was I wasn't even I guess old enough to remember this at the time but sure. I've, I've read about it and so literally there were people that had the word or the word social network in their name but they still weren't really a social network because so right. social net was apparently something where you could I think it was like it was almost like an online game where you could pretend to be like um, I don't think it was like Second Life. I think it was more right. like I think it was more like you could pretend to be like animals and stuff. Like it was just like okay, okay. but more like a video game, right? More, more you pretend to be something you're not. Yeah. Whereas Facebook was like you you aren't pretending. You you right. are this exactly you. Who you, this is this is you, and yeah. it's a place where you can go and uh, you know as much as we joke about it, actually the um, about creeping other people's profiles. Yeah. That was a really big thing for Facebook, I think, mm -hmm. where um, people just spend hours and hours just seeing what their friends were up to and right. seeing what changed. And this is something that I've, I've um, read from, from Mark Zuckerberg, that he was saying that this is the reason Newsfeed got introduced, because they found that people were spending so much time just clicking around profiles right. and, uh, and reading all the updates and, and trying to see what all their friends were up to. And they were just like, well... Why don't we just put it all into one stream of data sure. put it and in your we'll face. just we'll just show right. you all the yeah. updates every time you log in. Interesting. And that's sort of where that started. Yeah. And really evolved from there. Interesting. Well, with that, Tom, we've hit our uh we've hit our time. Uh <laughs> this has been an awesome conversation. I uh yeah, I'm really happy with this one. Yeah. So there's that. Uh <laughs> no, but <I'm> glad. <laughs> yeah. But uh before we, we end the episode, and I forgot to tell you exactly how we're ending, so it's gonna be a surprise to you, I think. But uh, <laughs> right. uh First of all, anything you want to promote, uh, you know, 
obviously Sadblock and whatever sites you want to promote as well? Yeah, uh, so I think probably if anyone wants to check out Sadblock, um, you can check it out at sadblock.io. Um, again, it's a, it's a Chrome extension, so it doesn't currently work on like mobile or any other browsers right now. Um, but if you do use Google Chrome and it sounds like something you're interested in, sadblock.io, and um, it'll lead you right to the link where you can install it. Great. Cool. And you, you have a personal blog as well, right? I do have a personal blog. It's uh, it's You can get to it from Sadblock, I think, but it's tomthought.github.io. And we'll link it on our site as well. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly link, what it is. Yeah, yeah okay, great. I'm glad I remembered it. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. That's kind of important. It's, it's yeah. free. You can host things for free on GitHub, so that's, yeah. why, it's, that's why it's there. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Rob, where can the listeners find us? The listeners can find us, I mean, most easily at ottawattpodcast.com. We're also, we're also on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, if you just search Ottawa. We're at Ottawa Podcast on Twitter. Yep. You can also, uh, if you like the podcast specifically, you can head to iTunes. We're on the Google Play uh, podcast directory as well. Yep. If Stitcher Radio is a thing that you do, we are on there as well. I do see people every week. They listen on Stitcher. So there you go. hello, Stitcherers. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Keegan, uh, we got some fan mail, didn't we? We do. We have a new segment. Oh, I'm gonna call. Am I yelling? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, think that, I don't think it's a new segment. I think it's, we've done this before. The segment's called. Oh, I'm renaming it. It's called okay. Stephen Johnson's User Engagement. <laughs> That's the segment title. It's a working title. Working yeah. Title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this email uh, coincidentally comes from Stephen Johnson. He says, "Hey guys, just wanted to say thank you for the podcast. For me, it's like sharing a cup of coffee slash beer." with someone interesting from Ottawa every few weeks. Keep up the good work and all the best. Uh, so uh, a good email. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. you know, we'll read good and bad emails. We actually surprisingly don't get bad emails. Not the way we used to. No. We get bad comments bad sometimes. Bad feedback. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. What kind of bad? Well, so we, speaking of satire, we have Ottawa News. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we haven't updated in some time now, but uh, people got really There's upset. a reason for that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. About, uh, I, think, I think I've seen a couple. It's just the articles you post. On yeah, 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 exactly. Satire. That's basically yeah, what it is. Yeah. news articles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that we thought were absurd enough. Like a whole preserved uh, underground train system existing in Ottawa, but people got really upset when they found out that wasn't yeah. uh, true. A hoax, some might <laughs> hoax. say. Yeah, so this is what I'm saying, right? The, the people fall for them, but yeah. I, I, yeah. Think it, I think it's it's fun though. I just think people need to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We just yeah. need things like Browser Buddy to help you figure yeah, out yeah. when things are actually satire. If That's you don't it. Get it right? people, and we're not even hiding it. We're not. Uh, people also hate our theme song. <laughs> yes, we had, we had multiple place. comments. <laughs> I, I think it's just so, like a free song for I got from like uh, public domain something. So we probably should. We should get like a. But you know what though, if someone listened through your theme song, it means they it's again they yeah, care, exactly. they care well, enough to, to yeah. listen through it and comment. So you know we, we get the word cringe a lot. Yeah, cringy. Yeah, oh, really cringy. <laughs> so so I mean, it, but still they're listening. It's yeah. about but, ten seconds, and if I guarantee you, if we removed it yep. and didn't say anything, yep. people would at least notice and possibly say, "Where did it go? That's I fair. want it back." Well, let's not remove it Experiment. because. It is composed of a, a number of people saying what I'm about to get you to say to end the episode, which is Ottawa. So we'll give you a chance to end the episode by saying Ottawa however you like. Okay. I can just say the word. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. Ottawa. 